Welcome to another Untitled Interview edition of the Untitled Film Project Podcast. We are so excited to have actor, writer, and director of the new comedy Scrambled with us on the show today. Liam McKendrick, thank you so much for putting the Untitled Film Project Podcast on your itinerary today. Oh my gosh, you kidding? Thanks for having me, guys. This is rad. Leah, Scrambled is the funniest thing I've seen in a movie in a long time. There are so many truths. And I mean, what's funny, it's only funny if it's true, right? So uh, after watching your movie, like, I just kept coming away with, you know, the things that that your character says are like overhearing the conversations of real people everywhere. Like, it just felt real and scrambled. And I don't know if, like, Stand-up comedy has been any part of your life, but you have these skills, I think, of a, of a great observational comedian to find these everyday things that, and find what's funny about them. Uh, have you ever done stand-up in that form or have you just kind of kept it to writing? Oh my God, never, ever, ever would I ever. That looks so incredibly terrifying. I would never have the ovaries to do that, but I absolutely <laughs> love stand-up. What Never, about are you kidding me? It's like a fever dream. People ask me that and I'm like, that would be my worst nightmare. I will say that like, I am a big, I'm a huge Ali Wong fan. I just saw her. I'm a huge Amy Schumer fan. I, I have so many yeah. things I idolize myself. So in some ways I love the observational humor and I, and I try to infuse it in my writing, but I never would have the, the balls to do that. Definitely not. But, but you've done a nude scene. And sex That's scenes, <laughs> but stand-up comedy, no. <laughs> no, that's where I draw the line. You know why? Because they are so, they have grown so attuned to bombing. Like they know that that's a part of their process. That's true. And that that's part of, of what they do. And I, I, that failure up front when you're working through the material would just like crush my self-esteem. And I just don't think I have the thick skin to be able to do something. I just saw Kevin Hart stopped by a stand-up show that I was at and he was just trying out material. And of course he's crushing it because everybody loves Kevin Hart. But I was just thinking mm -hmm. he, he didn't even plan any of this. Like none of this is, he's just kind of going off the cuff telling a story. And I was like, nope, no, <laughs> sir, never, <laughs> never, ever. So it's a maybe. <laughs> so it's me. So let me know if you have any spots in your town, and I'll be there. I'm gonna try out some. <laughs> we can we can talk to, we can talk to Zanies here in Nashville and get you a five minutes. Okay, cool. Give me a call. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, they do have new material Mondays on Monday. You get five minutes. Oh so. God, who are these people? <laughs> uh, as, as, Leah, as a fellow Bay Arean, I just before I even ask my first question, I just have to get this out of the way. Did you grow up in San Francisco proper or a suburb of like myself? I grew up in the city. It's so funny. So my my parents originally we were in San Rafael, tiny little suburb. Okay. My mom is an immigrant from Nicaragua, and she was like, "I cannot raise my kids here. I need some diversity. I need some culture." So she kept telling my dad, "I want to take the kids to San Francisco. I want to take the kids." And he was kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there." And then one day, I think I was six. She took me and my brother and my baby sister, and she said, I'm moving to the city with my children, and you're welcome to join us, but we're moving. <laughs> that's how I ended up in San Francisco, and that's how I was. 
<laughs> okay, well, I'm about. I, I grew up about an hour north in Antioch, so I don't know if you're familiar with oh, that. Oh yeah, we like Antioch right on. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I'm from. So Kendra, area in the house. Uh, <laughs> what's the process like to direct yourself? Right, like obviously you're all throughout this movie. You yeah. carry the movie extremely well, by the way, which is, as you know, is a massive compliment. Uh, in, a, in a movie where you're on screen so much, it's it's very hard to hoist the whole movie up, and you do that very well. But you have the you have the added responsibility <laughs> of directing yourself. So how does that process work? And are there any like political kind of like sympathetic landmines you have to navigate with the rest of the cast? You know, one of the challenges that I faced was the first few days. I, you don't have, you are so conscious. They are constantly telling you if you're behind and where you are, are at, you have to make your days. Schedules are very tight on the film set, as you know. Um, but when you're an actor, your job is to kind of lose yourself in the scene. So it's two sides of yourself battling. And I remember I was like giving myself two takes of each scene, never able to review my own footage because if I stopped and reviewed myself, we would just lose the day and we would be so behind. Mm. And I remember calling Jonathan Levine, who's my producer, who's a big director himself. He did, you know, 50-50. He did long shot. I mean, he's a, you know, big deal. And I said, I'm panicked because I don't know if I'm getting my own performance. I'm able to watch my actors and I, and I, and I know, I know when they're getting it. I wouldn't move on if they weren't getting it, but I don't know if I'm getting it. I'm feeling like I'm getting it, but I'm not sure. And he gave me the best advice. He goes, just get another take. Don't even yell cut, just go again. Because what sucks up the time is, is moving and you know getting all the gear and moving in the setup, mm -hmm. right? It's not the actual time spent shooting the scene and acting in the scene. He goes, so if you have doubt, just get another take. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I started every night I would watch my footage. So yeah, so literally round the clock, I'm like on scramble time. I would, the only time I'm not working is when I'm sleeping, but I would just watch my footage until I would pass out. And then after maybe two or three days, I was like, no, I'm getting it. Like I'm, I'm feeling it and it is translating and I'm getting it. And I can trust myself a little bit more, but that is the hardest part is that your actor self has to be so dialed in because you can't watch yourself and you can't review the footage until the end of the day. So it, it is a leap of, it is a trust fall in some ways. Okay, so we're joined by Leah McKendrick, writer, actor, and director of the new comedy Scrambled, hitting theaters on February 2nd. Leah, you have all the emotional baggage of that, what you just went through. And that the movie wraps in 2022. You premiered at South by Southwest in March of 23. And now- here we are in February 2024, and you finally get to put this on the theatrical big screen for everybody to enjoy. And they will, by the way. My question, though, is what has that roller coaster been like? Yeah, you shot it and all this, but the production-wise, like, okay, this is it, everybody. We're done. You're making the final call. We're wrapped. And then everything else after that, what has that been like? Also, I, I actually froze my eggs in 2021. Yeah. So it was Amazing. Then in 2022 was shooting. Then 23 was South by 24 is release of the film. Crazy. So you bring up a great point that no one's really asked me about, which is it is this, this crazy roller coaster of feeling, I, I will say the experience of freezing my eggs was obviously very vulnerable, okay? But I felt a fire under my ass to make a movie about it because it didn't exist. Then you cut to 2022, they killed two of my projects at a big studio, big projects of mine that mm. I had poured a lot of love into. They killed them in one day. 
And I said, I have to make my movie. I'm going to make my movie. I'm not taking notes. I'm writing, directing, I'm starring, and it's non-negotiable. At that point, you got nothing to lose. You know, it's like rock bottom. You're like, I'm done playing the game. I've been playing the game and I'm not being rewarded. So I'm going to do it my way. So then you, you, you find the people that that are as brazen as you are and are down, which I did. And we make the movie in 2022. And it was the single most empowering miraculous process making this movie i felt so protected i felt so supported i felt brave but then <laughs> you finish you wrap the film and i felt like what i had done was i had pulled my skin off to make my movie <laughs> and then you finish the movie and you have to operate as a living human woman in the world but you have no skin on so then I just felt like I went through this weird like hangover over several weeks and months where I'm dating, but I don't feel like I'm I'm just still like holding myself from the process of re-experiencing my deepest, darkest insecurities and fears and failures. So then I was like having trouble reacquainting myself to earth. And then you have to show it at South by and no one has seen it. So you're just like, is I thought it was like epic and I thought that I made something really epic, but like, what if the world hates it? What if I'm not any good at any of this? Because this is a lot of me. And if I'm not good, then this movie isn't good. So then you go through this roller coaster of, and everyone's so proud of you. Everyone's like, we're at South by it. All my best friends, my sister. And everyone's like, yeah, hell yeah, we're at Austin. And I'm just like holding myself in the corner of the room. Like, oh God, oh God, I'm going to be found out that I'm not actually good at any of this. I just basically like had a Jerry Maguire moment manifesto and decided to shoot a movie but it might be trash i don't know so then <laughs> south by happens and then i go on strike where is my movie i burned this movie but now it's not going to see the world and no one's going to see it and it's like in a basement dying so then i'm crying through the through the strike going maybe it wasn't good maybe everyone at south by was lying to me there was that one reviewer that called nelly trampy maybe he's <laughs> maybe that guy that called me trampy is right he's not right he's wrong but now i'm in this new phase of i think my skin has grown back a little bit but i'm just so terrified that they have given me this gift of releasing it on as many screens as they are. And I'm doing press with you and it's this miracle, but somehow I'm like, are we sure that we want to do this? Are we all sure that we want to do this together? So anyway, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's been a, it's been a roller coaster for sure. Well, we cannot thank you enough for your time. Congratulations on the movie. It was yes. awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Jeremy, we'll see you soon. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.